With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 6.5% was it? Is, is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you, if you look at the round-by-round round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like, what a time to be alive! I- Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust, this is the C4 Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually by the ever-reliable, doesn't-miss-a-show, Anna Forsyth, A4603. Welcome, Anna. Hi. Well, yeah, we've taken a little break again. Um, I was a little tiny bit poorly. You, on the other hand, were completely on your deathbed, I understand, for the last week. So um, we're lucky to still have you here. Well, okay. I mean, you you, you use hyperbole to describe um, how I was doing. I don't believe I was on my deathbed, um, but I was I was definitely ill. Um, and while myself and my family doctor don't have a clear idea of what was I ill with, I do seem to be on the upswing. But I, I think if, 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 if listeners had actually seen on Twitter or I had commented, I think in discord as well, I do a, a weekly weigh in. So every Saturday morning I weigh myself, um, sort of part of my hashtag lighter force routine, mm-hmm. um, I lost 11 pounds between the Saturdays. I've probably lost more since then. Yeah, um, that's not a good thing. No, like you're, I mean, the healthy amount of weight to lose is between like one to three pounds a week. Like that is considered healthy. And there are reasons why sometimes people will be much higher than that. Um, often it has to do where you've just started a, like a diet or some form of real adjustment. Um, water weight can really Mm -hmm. play into that um 
I think it was all of the above because I was in such a huge calorie deficit last week. Yeah. Um, just believe you me, you don't want more details than that. I have had the more details and yeah. And the more details that you received were far fewer yeah, than I'm the sure. details. Yeah, I'm sure. So right. the good news is you're still here. Um, I'm still here. We're back. Um, normal order has been restored. Canucks has started losing again. So it's all fine. Well, I mean, the other uh, part of being here is as we are recording, the team as we currently know it is still here. True. Um, the roster is all still here, um, which if you were to have asked me, well, it's been a what, three weeks, month? I can't, I'm trying to think because I, I, I was away for an, an episode. Um, we had to skip one because some news and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Um, but, uh, if you were to have asked me way back when, whenever that was, when I was last here with you, um, Hey, do you think the Vancouver Canucks would be training a third of their roster? Um, and here are the list of players that are yeah on the, on the block. block. Yeah. At least one of them, I would have said, okay, I don't believe you. Others, I might have been like, ah, man, I, I guess everyone's tradable, but boy, has the offer have to be something. Not the, oh, man, the team just don't have a place for them, so find a find a suitor. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a weird place we're in now, but I guess just enjoy those players while you can and see see what we can get for them on the open, on the little little trade market yeah if there is a market to to be had but uh, um we'll get into all of that uh, something else though that you had announced uh, uh on social media um and uh, we'll let everyone know now is we will have a giveaway uh, uh that we're going to talk about at the end of the show so it gives you two reasons as to why you want to listen to the entirety of the show one we got a lot to talk about but two um we have a giveaway and you know, yes, we will talk about said giveaway on Discord and on social media, but we're not going to tell you what you need to do quite explicitly to enter unless you listen to the show. We're smart that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, let's uh, let's look at the week-ish, two, three, or whatever, how long it was. Hi, C4 listeners, coming to you live from the Canucks Fan Cave at the Douglas Hotel which is pretty much the coolest experience I've had before a Canucks game. Um, yeah, so the setup here is pretty sweet. They've got, you know, all the nice little touches for the Canucks fan um, in your life. Um, we've got, um, we're right by the arena at the Douglas Hotel, which is attached to the park. So right downtown, right, you know, five-minute walk from the arena, and yeah, this whole suite is super cool. Comes with um, free parking, and it comes with um, all kinds of extra Canucks stuff, including tickets to a future game. So yeah, I'm kind of loving it. I do not hold high hopes for the game that's about to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Let's see what happens with the game, but 
I've already had a great night so far. Um, hanging out, meeting some people, having a few drinks and some food, and yeah, enjoying this sweet setup. Let's see what happens in this Tuesday night game against the Washington Capitals. So I, I, I liked how you put this note to lead off Rewind in, in your rundown. After losing 5-1 twice in a row, Canucks went on a three-game winning streak of defense-optional bonus hockey wins against the Coyotes have Sharks. Doesn't show how much part from the Canucks can score when the mood takes them. So while the Vancouver Canucks were playing like, yeah, we're going to score a zillion goals, there was a part of me that wondered if long-term listeners were like, see, this is the type of hockey Chris wants. Chris, well, Chris, yeah. Chris has to accept it. It's hockey, man. And I, I will admit, I, I did enjoy the ride, except I didn't enjoy, like, let's say, like the Habs game where the Vancouver Canucks decided they were going to sport the Habs. It was a 4 nothing lead after one. Yeah. Or whatever the heck it was. Like, to me, that that's not how you play 80s hockey. 80s hockey oh, is one nothing, 2-1, Which uh, is more how it went the rest of the way, but yeah. Yeah, once the Canucks figured out the first, you know, four goal head start that they gave the Habs. Um, but yeah, that was just funny. Honestly, like, I'm here for it. Not in the long term, but this week was fun. Like, all the people trying to say, oh, don't get too excited. It's the three West teams in the league. Like, freaking duh. Like, obviously, Canucks aren't a suddenly a playoff team because they've squeaked past. <laughs> The Habs, the Coyotes, and the Sharks, but we talking about. Fun. I was seeing the the podium meme getting flashed about after each one of those overtime uh, overtime wins. Um, um, yeah, or like the parade, parade route was route, being planned. Yeah. Right. I mean, I there were at least three or four different iterations of the parade route between the third uh, of December and the uh, well, the ninth of December because. Unfortunately, the parade got canceled on the on the weekend. Um, I I see. I don't know what to make of this. Like, it's clear that the I mean, Vancouver Canucks have the ability, as you said in the rundown, to generate offense. Um, defense is clearly optional. I mean, this is. I mean, Hughes, I don't know what was the his minutes. I haven't actually looked on games, but he, he was playing like earlier in the season, close to like 30 minutes a game. He's a young yeah. kid. This is not, he's going to, you know, be ground into the ice before he hits, you know, unrestricted free agency at this rate. Um, But it just doesn't feel like the Vancouver Canucks are actually showing like, hey, we've got all this offensive prowess, fear us. It's more reliant on teams who are like, hey, we have a blue line like yours. Yeah. Take advantage of it, please. Yeah, it definitely is that. There's not much to make of it, really. Like, the as we look back at the results, you know, those two five ones, there's quite a few results like that where Canucks just couldn't get anything on the board. Um, I do think that they their offensive prowess is better than they showed in those games. Um, but it's not scoring seven goals a game. Like <laughs> that's, you know, that was a bonus against a pretty weak Canadians team. But yeah, I don't think there's really much to take from it. 
like apart from the fact that anyone talking about a goalie controversy might have had their reality checked a bit and that might sound a little harsh on Spencer Martin but like he's he wasn't in his stealing games mode no um but like was when you say controversy like I was thinking like are you going back to like Damco who is clearly not right and is now really definitely not right. not right um or were you referring to Spencer Martin and uh Colin Delia yeah Colin thank you Delia I knew the last name I'm like is it Colin I can't remember he's Colin he's from Chicago um is that the controversy cuz like Spencer <laughs> Martin yay good kid Played himself into the the backup good role. Kid. He's a, like in his late twenties, but yes. <laughs> whatever, good kid. I am. Yes. When you're, you're my age, you can call everyone. You're a kid to me, right? <laughs> I can call anyone kids. Um, no, like he just had a bad game. Goaltenders have them. I mean, hell, the Vancouver Canucks will be inducting a goaltender in the Ring of Honor. Yes, which is controversial itself. Only. Who? who had games like this on occasion. But the thing about that is on many other occasions, games where it's like, yeah, try to score a goal. You won't, you can't, I'm blindfolded. I'm sitting on uh, my butt with my back to the play and I'm still going to stop it. That's how good Luongo was at times. Like I'm not to suggest Martin's Luongo, but no, no, I, I know what you mean. Like, and I, don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming like Spencer Martin for like going for nothing down. Like, I'm definitely not blaming him for the defense in front of him. It's a tough job. And he's played pretty well behind a rough defense. Um, but yes, I will say that like there are some of those goals where you would want him to have them. And he didn't. And Canucks fell behind. So I just think like we are where we are, right? <laughs> if you had any aspirations of or delusions of grandeur and like hopefully they're uh, in check now. Mm -hmm. The um, thing that I take most out of what we've seen in the recent few weeks, but even this past week um, is specifically how much money Andre Kuzmenko is going to find himself yeah. receiving on the open market in yeah. the off season. It was nice to have him in Canucks colors for a season, wasn't it? Oh, He's so joyful in everything he does. Um, even just the social media that's coming out of the, I think it's the BC Sports Celebrities Festival. Mm -hmm. is a charity event that Canucks are at tonight. And he's just having the best time. He's having the best time playing hockey. He's having the best time hanging out with his teammates, meeting Rip the dog, just everything. And it's so fun to watch. But yes, like you said, we may not get to watch him for much longer. Well, no, and I mean, like, I I don't fault the Vancouver Canucks giving him a year, right? Yeah. You're you're bringing him in. Yeah, there's a lot of good that you think about what he'll provide you, but you got to be smart. It was a smart contract. One might argue, well, it would have been smarter to have been two because at least that way you've given yourself some protection if this is the type of season he has. Okay. But I'm not going to get upset of a one-year deal. But considering how well he is performing in a, I don't know, can we even say the Vancouver Canucks are a mediocre team? 
Yeah. Like, am I am I being too harsh in saying they're mediocre? No. Or am I being too positive in saying they're mediocre because I mean uh, their performances are definitely not yeah. mediocre on average. <laughs> it's funny. It it really depends on your point of view as what mediocre means to you. I think. Like, mm. you know how Australians, when they say average, they don't mean average, they mean bad. Whereas, mm. like, if I said, oh, that was average, like, I'd be like, it was okay. But mm-hmm. Aussie saying average means, oh, yeah, it was pretty bad. Or ordinary. They say ordinary to mean bad. Mm. Which is, yeah. That's a that's a skewed bar. I can't imagine how horrible things are. Yeah, I know. Below average weird. or below ordinary, less than ordinary, like. Oh my goodness. Um, so but, what's what's the Canadian interpretation of mediocre? Well, that's the thing. Like mediocre I think the Canucks like you could interpret that as generous if you interpret mediocre to be like middle of the pack. But if you interpret it to be not good enough, then yeah. That's the Canucks. Well, I mean, I think it's very clear that mediocre is not good enough. I mean, it's in, I mean, in, the, in the NHL, even with parody, mediocre not good enough yeah like if you're not moving forward like if you're standing still you're moving backward right um Mm -hmm. i think it would be generous to say the canucks is standing still like (laughs) as we'll get on to later they're about to lose their captain hey whoa spoiler alert spoiler alert uh, that was actually the segue I was going to get to because the other thing that we've continued to see is Bo Horvat on pace to score 200 goals this season. Um, yeah. That might be hyperbole. It might be. Uh, that's a slight exaggeration, but like he looks good. Um, I think it would be generous to like, or not generous, but I think it would be overreading the situation to say he's on like spite. Because one, just I do think he likes the Canucks. I think he wishes it would work out, but he's fine if it doesn't. Also, I just don't think hockey players think about it that much. I don't think that's fun enough for all that. But um, he looks good. He, but well, like I guess the only good that can do for us is get us a better price. Yeah, we'll page. save some of this for, yes. for the Sorry. next segment. Otherwise, our show will be over. I know. We'll talk to everyone next week. Um, the Vancouver Canucks, you know, yeah, didn't do so hot. Uh, prior to the uh, the weak teams coming in, suddenly we're making the playoffs. Minnesota comes into town. Uh, arguably some of the dead hockey that we're occasionally treated to here in Vancouver. Um, what's interesting is when uh, the fans in the the barn there let uh, their their feelings be known mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the game. Uh, many people were like, "How can you be booing this team? You know, having come off of three performances to lay this egg." And it's like, I'm sorry, like, what? This I I don't think people boo because a team loses. I mean, who knows? I can't speak for everyone that happens to be a Vancouver Canucks fan. But I've been following this team long enough to know that most people will let their displeasure be known when they feel there is a lack of effort. Yeah. Like you try hard and you lose to a good team or you get stoned by a hot goaltender or you don't get the bounces. 
you could lose five one, but if it looks like you you brought your hustle to the the rink and you did everything that you could possibly do, you just lost. People wouldn't be happy, but they're not going to boo you off the ice. The booing is based on the effort. Yeah, I mean Minnesota or the perceived lack of. Yeah, didn't get into third gear. Like Minnesota were like cruising for most of the game, playing their boring hockey like they always do. But it was enough to win. It was easy enough to win. Like, could Canucks have scored? Probably should have, yeah. Like, they had a few chances, but nowhere near enough effort to win the game. The, um, you know, I, other thing that we saw, though, and, you know, take a take a look at how the Vancouver Canucks special teams has been going this season. It's <clears throat> got some issues. Not sure yeah. if they're going to be able Actually. to work them out. But uh, I'm trying to think, was it the, there was a, Power play was it in the okay? It would have been the second period um, where it was a two on zero that uh, Martin was able to stop. Uh, but the Vancouver Canucks, being gracious, you know, hosts decided to provide a, another you know premier shorthanded opportunity. And uh, I don't know who the Vancouver Canucks think they are, but when you do that multiple times to any team in the NHL, they'll likely go and take advantage. And so when, when Dora scored on the, on the penalty kill, <laughs> it felt to me at that point, game over. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, and, I've said it more than once. Your goalie should not be your MVP on the power play. He should barely be involved. And yet, he, all, all he's, he's doing is he's it. fetching that puck, puck behind the net and yeah. setting up the defenseman to come and take it back out. Like that's that should be that's like all you see. Effort, but unfortunately, Canucks maybe, didn't see it that way. Yeah, maybe actually no. Maybe the camera will will show him going back to the net on the delayed call um, as well. Yeah, there you go. There's the focus. But yeah, like I, I when that goal got scored, I was just like, yeah, okay. I was, I was, I happened to be uh, at my parents. Um, and uh, once it was two nothing, I was like, oh, I don't, need, I don't need to watch this game anymore. I mean, I had baby force with me. We had to get home and I didn't really want to keep her up too late, but it's like I knew the writing was on the wall. I wasn't, I wasn't as invested at that point. And I mean, you know, if you can hate me and say I'm a fair weather fan, but I, there, I had no, no belief the Vancouver Canucks were going to figure out how to turn this one around. It's a two nothing game. Only yeah. a weekish ago. Yeah, exactly. That should show how poor the effort was. Yeah, like, I mean, in fairness, when it was 4 nothing, uh, <laughs> I wasn't thinking the Canucks were coming back. No, that was insane. <laughs> but, I'll be honest. Please, but the effort in that 4 nothing, yeah. you know, first period was better than two periods against the Wild. It's so true. I, I mean, really, we should have seen the writing on the wall when, like, Gustafsson doesn't have an NHL shot out. Obviously, Canucks were going to give one to him. Like, um, who was the kid on debut? I can't believe I'd forgotten his name after hearing it a billion times on the call. Um, Sam Steele, was it? Oh. No. Uh, one second. No, not Steele. Sorry. I... Um, oh, Sam Walker? Is it Sam Walker? It's something like, yeah, I had, yeah, it's Walker. Um, just like he was on debut and obviously Canucks were going to just give him a little spotlight to dance around in. Um, 
yeah, he didn't get on the score sheet, but like he was all over the ice. So yeah, we could have really seen it coming, but mm-hmm. it was it's kind of that disappointing thing of oh not oh we lost, but oh we lost and we look like that. So let's look ahead. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks are playing uh, in Calgary, uh, one game on the road. Um, they then come back home. They play Winnipeg on Saturday and then followed by the Blues on the Monday, which we may or may not have be watching recording. Who knows? Because Monday games do that to us. Yeah. I don't believe the Flames uh, game bodes well for the Vancouver Canucks. I understand that Calgary has, uh, you know, seen their share of trouble recently. Mm-hmm. But this is a Vancouver Canucks team that's no good. Not like, no good, especially against old, like old friends. Which yeah, I mean, have many of in Calgary. I feel like when you look at the division, there is a line separating Calgary and Vancouver. Like Calgary, Edmonton, LA, uh, Seattle are sort of in a spot. Vegas is back to their tier above everyone else. And then there's a line in the dirt where Vancouver and San Jose stand well back from. And Anaheim's out there saying, yo, we're here. I mean, I'm not simply looking at the standings and suggesting it is just based on the quality of play we've seen from these teams. So if the Vancouver Canucks don't get themselves points in Calgary, is there any way that they go and figure out how to get a point out of Winnipeg at home? I'm just giving them the chance to get a point out of Winnipeg instead of two. Uh, Sure. I don't see any reason why not. And it's kind of, it, whatever sign we're waiting for, like that we're long past it, you know, it's not if we... Is it we, the, when all the trades happen and... <laughs> well, it's just like, it shouldn't make a difference, right? You know, we sh- we are well past that point. We don't need to blow up anything. Like we're about to do it anyway. Um, well, wait, okay, wait. The Vancouver Canucks don't need to blow up anything? No, it's just we, they don't need to do it in reaction to losing twice oh in a no week. no like, they, okay well, yeah, whatever uh, there's fair. no sign that we need to wait for um blow it up right now to, and, yeah. or blow it up in two weeks just before the holidays to be real scrooges actually when does the roster freeze go in effect good point does roster freeze it doesn't apply to coaches right you can get fired over christmas oh gosh if i know i mean it, it, the coaches don't have a cba so no Coach could probably get the the letter on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas. Yeah. It was 20, 25 bucks to uh, Denny's and enjoy your dinner. Say, You're like, fired. Cabs to the airport more than $25. Although they well, are I, they are controlled by area, so it's it's not as yeah, bad. True. Um, yeah. I mean, do you, I don't know if they would fire Bruce. Um, no, I, like I think at this point, pay, pay three coaches. No, no, Bruce is either here through to the end of the season or late into this season. Like if they make a if they make a change, it's just to say, hey, we're. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Rutherford was 
sending, you know, Bruce his, you know, papers the start of the season when he was suggesting that he wasn't aware he was coming back this year. Like, I'm sorry. That was when the Vancouver Canucks still sort of kind of maybe had a chance. And, uh, and, and Jim was like, yeah, this is, caught me by surprise. He, he's, we, we brought him back this year. Whatever the heck the words were at the time. It was crazy. Uh, and it wasn't like a misunderstood. No, man, he was, he was on after hours saying it. It was, uh, I know Scott Oak was there. Was it, um, Timber, who else was there? But you could see the look on their face. Like, sorry, did he just, what? Yeah, I think it was just what Scott Oak. Because Scott Oak was asking, I mean, he wasn't, you know, grilling him, but he was asking surprisingly difficult questions for Scott Oak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um, no, I mean, Bruce is probably good through months. I don't see, like, because like, why? Well, you're right. Why pay another coach? You don't have to. You, you're not, you're not. If you're if you legitimately think at this point the coach is the issue, you legitimately think Bruce is the issue, and this is why the Vancouver Canucks aren't making the playoffs. Um, I mean, I agree, but they thought JT was the answer to whatever. Oh gosh, question yeah, true. Was, so JT is the, he has to be the answer. This point. Um, speaking of uh, JT, uh, I understand that the Lotto Line made an appearance after I had uh, started my commute home. Yeah, um, it's funny, like, I think this has been talked about on and off, but, like, it's so easy to please Canucks fans. Like, they could definitely live, like, get through a rebuild, because literally you just put the lotto line on the ice, and people are just so happy. But what happens when the lot, you know, two-thirds of the lotto line allegedly do not like each other? <laughs> or, or the lotto line blows up, like... Sure, but I think it's fun while it lasted. It's a shame it's taken this long. Um, it wasn't anything spectacular by any means, but, you know, you can't just throw a line back together in instantaneous chemistry. Um, I will say, like, whatever happens with JT, whatever happens with Brock, like, Brock is so happy playing with PD, and I think it positively impacts his play when he does so, like, in a big way. Well, no, I, just like, two-thirds I mean, of the line really like each other. Two-thirds yeah. of the line don't like each other. And I don't know about the other two-thirds quite clearly. Um, it's just unfortunate that the third is a problem. Um, I, you're right. If it's placating the Canucks fans by putting the lotto line back together and that's what it takes to you know keep spirits up, have at it. Plus, like, it it can't be bad for Brock's trade value. No, and it helps elevate the play of your recently signed JT Miller and potentially puts him on to the, uh, you know, appearance of it being a good deal and other teams wanting to take that deal off the Vancouver Canucks (laughs) books for a reasonable price before the uh, deal actually kicks in. I mean, we all know he can't play center, so... Petey. on Petey's wing. Petey? If Petey... Does this right? Petey could save the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, I mean he's already been doing it, almost single-handedly. He can do it. Yeah, you know, two point style. Imagine yeah. if he not only got like Brock a good trade deal and Petey with you, Brock. We love you, Brock, but you know, 
there's no spot for you here. But if he rehabilitated JT to the point that he was trade bait, like... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I mean, build the statue. Yeah. Like... <laughs> everything retire the jersey rename the building i'm so sorry expo boulevard you're now you know pd plaza or something like that pd plaza i like it honestly pd parkway because plaza is more of a place you go to parkway is the one you drive on yeah okay there we go yeah anyhow um we'll take ourselves a short break to collect ourselves from the silliness Uh, you're listening to the c4 canucks hockey podcast brought to you by the full press coverage network in canuckshockeyblog.com take hitting out of the game you can't hit anymore so don't do it the unsportsmanlike conduct i want to get an explanation on no kidding because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct plus interference there's no interference there he had the puck now madison never ever did that before now why did he do it and that because he was mad well, your early favorite for the Calder <laughs> Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Pettersson, you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty of heat and play. He's going to get a lot of power play time. And, yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. It's been a while since we've had half full, half empty, where it's been half empty um, or full empty. Full empty. And I'm, this is going to be that segment, I think. Um, I wanted to lead off, though, um, by sharing some, some news. I haven't, I haven't talked about this publicly, um, really. Um, but a few weeks back when we didn't have a show is that uh, that day um, my family had received uh, news that my, my mom had uh, received an, an Alzheimer's uh, diagnosis. And as you can imagine, um, it hit hard. I, I would be lying if I weren't to suggest that I've known or suspected that this was a possibility as, as my mom has, you know, had issues um, and, and symptoms that would be representative of, of something like Alzheimer's or a form of dementia. And, and um, you know, now that she's received that diagnosis well there is some you know uh, um uh, i don't know the word but like there is some some positive to know okay this is what it is yeah 
that this is what it is, 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 is not a, it's not a good thing because it, it, there are, there are timelines and there's no coming back from it. Like it's, it's tough. And I, you know, you might be wondering like, well, you know, I get it, Chris, you're, you're sharing this, but why on a, you know, connects podcast, let's say, you know, and I'm not trying to suggest listeners in our cold harder than that, but some of my earliest Vancouver Canucks memories are actually with my mom. I think I've, I've talked about it on the show over the years or definitely on, on off the record or off the rails. Sorry. Um, my very first Vancouver Canucks game that I went to is at the Pacific Coliseum and they were playing the Washington Capitals. And I, I want to say the Canucks won the game, like some crazy, like 80 score, uh, or it might've been early nineties. Like it would have been that late eighties, early nineties. Um, but, uh, my mom had got a couple of tickets and my dad had to work that night. And, and so I, I mean, I took the bus downtown to Woodward's where she worked, which in that era, it was a different place, different mm-hmm. area. Um, I met her, we had dinner at the food court. Um, like I distinctly remember all that. And then we took the bus to the Pacific Coliseum and we were sitting up in the nosebleeds, but that didn't matter to me because I was at a Vancouver Canucks hockey game and it was exciting and there were goals. Like I absolutely loved it. It was, you know, something that she and I did a, a few times and it wasn't because my mom was a big Vancouver Canucks fan. I don't honest to goodness, she might casually follow, but she was not a hockey fan. She's not really into sports. It's my dad. Um, it just happened to be my dad would often have to work or my, my brother or sister and someone would need to watch them or, or, you know, timing my mom, my dad works schedule, what have you. But I think that's the thing that's the toughest part is she don't remember that anymore. And I mean, I don't expect that she would remember something like that. It's just, there's a lot of those and even more recent things. And it's, it's difficult, um, watching the hockey game with her and she's calming. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't recognize any of the players that are on the ice. I mean, she's, she's not, but to her, it's because it's an entirely new team, not players like Horvat or Pedersen or Besser who've been with the team for many years. Um, to her, they're new players. Or they're different because they're not the ones that she remembers, but I don't know if she could tell you, you know, someone like Lyndon. And that's, that's tough. And I mean, I, 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 I share this because it, it affects people, you know, affects a lot of people. Um, and, and there's so much unknown about it, but I think we need to better use this as an example as why you don't take anything for granted. Why you, 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 you appreciate and you enjoy these good times for what they are in the moment, because you don't know when that moment will be lost. Anyhow, I, I, I wanted to share this because I, I need to, to talk to someone Anna, you've sort of known since the day ish. Um, but I want others to know that, you know, if you're going through a struggle like this, whether it was with a family member or a friend or it's something that I, 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 I can relate. And I, I really wish 
if there was something that I could do to help support you as a listener and, and that I, I, I would look to do that. Um, but yeah, well, I, just, I wanted to, to get, get this sort of out there cause it's, it's going to be something that'll come up. Um, it's one of the reasons why I've been on social media. I just don't have any desire to talk about anything about any really like I'm normally goofy and aloof and now it's like why, uh, um, discord I've, I've started to disconnect because it's not that I have evaluated these platforms as not, you know, worth my time. They are. It's just, I'm really focusing on the connections and that I have. And quite frankly, what time I have left with my mom. Yeah. Thank you. Like that's so open and brave of you to share that with everyone. Chris and, I know I'm right with you. The whole C4 family, the whole C4 communities with you. I think it really brings home to roost like things we've talked about. You know, when we talk about these hockey issues, we say like, you know what, like it really makes us think about our own lives and valuing our loved ones in a way that we don't always see within the hockey community. But um, yeah. Like, at the end of the day, it's just a game. Um, there are more important things in life. Um, and as much as we love to talk about Canucks like it's the be-all and end-all, it's really not. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just going to be a tough road, but we're right with you. Thank you. And that, I think, is is a good segue, is that there is more to hockey there is more to than the Canucks. It's it's what we do with our show is something that I feel we should do more of. And that's not like taking the piss on a team or something like that. It's, it's, it's just you and I talk about something we really enjoy. We would be talking and having these conversations anyway. And we simply record the conversations in relative real time. And we share that, like we don't take ourselves seriously. Like C4 is the best mediocre podcast for a reason. We're okay with that. You could tell us we're like the, you know, least mediocre podcast and we'd probably own that. I'd drop the best at swap in a least. It would be okay. Which then Mm -hmm. begs the question, where does mediocre actually stand in the grand scheme of things? But that's Yeah, and are we the most average, most ordinary? Yeah, I don't know. But when we as, as Canucks fans take things literally that quite frankly are at best figurative in presentation. We do ourselves a disservice. Like I want this team to win a Stanley cup. And I would imagine if you happen to be a Vancouver Canucks fan, you want the team to win a Stanley cup too. There are 4 billion different ways that this could potentially happen. And it may not happen on a decade or two or longer. Well, that's okay. It's been three that I've been watching the Vancouver Canucks so far. And I can assure you, I'm really hoping that I don't have to wait two or three longer. But one of the things that does need to happen with the Vancouver Canucks so that they can be a Stanley cup competitor, whether you call it a rebuild or whether you call it a retool drastic 
change of some sort needs to occur. Like if it's mm. a retool, we're talking about taking a tool out of the machine <laughs> and putting an entirely different tool set in. If you're or talking about a rebuild, yeah. Like if you're talking about a rebuild, yeah, we're going to take the entire machine apart and rebuild it all. I don't care. But what's got to the point of this being an issue is the Vancouver Canucks have a captain that's going to become an unrestricted free agent and they can't afford to pay him. Like the offer that, that was rumored today was to be under 8 million a season. And that's absurd considering what the market would bear to yeah. pay a player of his caliber who happens to be a center who had like on a, on a playoff contender or a cup contender, not right. only will they evaluate what Bo Horvat can provide you as a center, whether it be on a first line or potentially even like a second line on a really tough team, it's what he does in the playoffs when he brings this compete level uh, that not a lot of players possess. And, you know, looking at what JT Miller is going to be making next season onward, there yeah. are those who would say, well, JT, he should be paid more because he he's the quote-unquote pure scorer. Well, based on what we've been seeing this season, what we've seen from him, there are a lot of issues that go along with the pure scoring that hasn't been happening this season. And while I'm not going to suggest what Bo Horvat's doing this season continues you know, longer in his career goal-wise – there are many things that he does do for this team that JT does not. And arguably Bo should be paid accordingly. Yeah. I mean, he's currently fourth in NHL goals. He was leading the way um, up until pretty recently. Um, add to that kind of what you've alluded to. He is a leader on the ice. Um he is a leader off the ice. We did, um, me and Daniel Wagner did hash this out a bit. I know there is this idea that captaincy is more about the fans than the players, but I do think it's important. Like, that it meant something to Bo to get the captaincy, like, especially as he is, you know, the protege of the Sedines. And yeah, I think it sucks for him to see. Like a player like JT Miller, who not only is struggling, like you'd say, in terms of scoring, but who takes no responsibility defensively, even though that's what's required of a center, um, who's a lot older than him, and like doesn't seem to have the same investment or, you know, will to succeed at the same level um, as he does. And it sucks that we can't afford to keep Bo because of that contract. Well, it's it's not so much the JT Miller contract. It's the JT it's Miller the, contract on yeah. top of the OEL contract, on top of the Myers contract, um, which you still have another season for. Um, yeah. I, I think it, 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 there's a cascade there. But this is the thing that, that I – I don't understand. So the the word has that the Vancouver Canucks offered eight years. So a significant term, but 
much lower than the the eight mil that they gave JT, which is again absurd. Like if you like I I, I don't don't get that at all. I mean, but, but we do because they don't have the money to offer him. Well, he, yeah. Well, no, but it almost occurs to me like that they were going to go in and give Bo Horvat the money that they're hoping to get rid of out of Brock Besser's deal and then save themselves, you know, the Bo Horvat current contract. Like it is absurd. Like we, we look at comparatives. I mean, I understand they're, they're entirely different players, but Bo Horvat is your captain and he is younger. He is a far more responsible hockey player. I feel he provides you a much better hockey player with maybe a lower ceiling than what JT Miller might provide regarding production. Again, I am discounting significantly what he's doing this season, but to hear that he might be offered like, was it like seven? Yeah. Was the, the most, um, it almost sounds as if the Vancouver Canucks did due diligence so that they could get by and say, Hey, we made a very competitive offer. We provided term, um, you know, their camp knew that the money didn't quite add up the way we would want it, blah, 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 cap and all that jazz just to generate the goodwill that if, and when they go and trade him, the fans accept that. But like how, how messy is the situation that your captain would be on the trade block at this point? And I'm not suggesting Bo Horvat's untouchable. Um, he's not like, it's just that how is a future Vancouver Canucks team with an overpaid JT Miller going to perform without a player like Bo Horvat to plug all those holes? Yeah. I mean, like Elias Pedersen is covering for JT defensively. Like, um, there's no doubt about that, that like, um, Bo and PD, um, uh, you know, being defensively responsible where JT isn't, there's a reason he's on the wing. And you're like 100% right that it's like accumulation of contracts. Um, the OEL Connor Garland trade was brought up a lot today, which, yeah, that was terrible at the time. It's terrible now. Like, no one's saying that those are good value contracts. But that was the previous regime like in the last you know three four months the current regime have signed Ilya Mikheyev who like you know he's been good at least in the last few weeks like he's fast he's had a couple multi-goal games but is he worth almost five million well, this is the problem is when you bring a player out of unrestricted free agency, you're paying yeah, exactly. an inflated market price that you, you like, you know, I, I, you would point it out as well as others is that the regime has actually done well finding some good role players um, yeah, at really good, good, rusty, yeah. you know, a good value. Mikheyev, maybe not there, but like, I, I look at what Mikheyev is providing as what we were getting on a Garland initially, right? Like, but we're still playing Garland. No, but that, that's the problem is that you the Vancouver Canucks have this issue of finding another player who fills a role of what they had previously had, then suddenly see that that player that they had is no longer providing you the role. And, you know, you, you've duplication. I mean, this is the old regime was notorious for all the Jags that they would bring in. 
like everyone yeah. who did had the same role getting paid more money than they're probably needing to. That's the thing. But it's this, like Garland didn't work out. Let's pay someone the same amount to do that role. The, the fact remains though, the Vancouver Canucks are currently in a situation where the likelihood of their captain making it past um, the trading deadline is like single percentage points. Like the worst thing that could happen is they don't actually trade him. Yeah, which is sad to say that, but it's true. And I'm not suggesting that there isn't a market for Bo. Honest to goodness, if the Canucks are taking phone calls, there is there is a market. The scary part is will the Vancouver Canucks set a price and say, we want this and price themselves out of the market? Because this particular front office did that over the course of the summer when the phone rang about JT Miller. Right. I mean, for all intents and purposes, they had a deal they could have said yes to. Would it have been a phenomenal deal? No. It's but, a certainly a better deal than paying $8 million per. Yeah, right? Like it, And that's not to suggest that solves the issue that we're seeing today because you would still have to have – a conversation with Bo Horvat and have him agree to a number that you feel you're willing to pay, but you would have more room to work with if you feel that you could pay him a little bit more and you don't have these other restrictions at work. But the part that actually confuses me throughout all of this, um, Brock Besser is essentially gone. Um, you know, when an agent is given permission to generate interest with teams, that is never an indication that a player is going to stick around for, for much longer. Now that said, Bo or sorry, no, Bo Brock has not had the best of seasons, so it's possible that it's a deflated market, and the Vancouver Canucks could be in a position where we're not going to accept peanuts for for Besser. We think there's value to be had there, right? And you don't ask the agent to look for a trade if you found lots of good options yourself, you know? Yeah, but if if let's say the Besser deal is off the books. Can that money not be used to like, I, I, again, I, I, and maybe this is the thing is maybe the front office is like, we already have our, our premier contract. We're not going to have any others. Well, Hey, um, I hate to break it to you. Um, but there's this guy named Petey who's going to be getting a raise in a couple years and he's already making some, some good money. So maybe just maybe this is sort of that longer term look like we, we would love to keep Bo, but if Bo's going to cost us Petey, we'll lose Bo now to keep Petey. But does Petey necessarily want to stick around? That's the thing. That's the tough thing. But they put themselves in this situation. Yes, it was partly the previous regime as well. But like they put themselves in a situation where it's just like instead of plugging on the hole in the boat, they just keep bailing out the water. Yeah. Just keep bailing it out. Oh, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's at this point in time, far more players allegedly on the the trade block with their agents working the phones um, than I am comfortable in suggesting as a Canucks fan. I'd like to hear. Like, apparently, Rathbone's um, agent has been given permission to to have a few conversations. Uh, that's not to suggest that Rathbone is wanting out, but here's a kid who doesn't seem to have any hope or heck of getting into a game um, under Bruce. Sure, but like performing and playing in Abbotsford is certainly 
better for the player, you would have to say, than sitting in the press box. Oh, no, yeah, agreed. Like, But that's the thing. It's like, so, you know, I... I'm Yeah, I'm not ready to give up hope on Jack Rathbone just yet. Oh, I'm not... And I'm not, I'm not giving up hope, No, but when, when smoke <laughs> yeah. is suggesting smoke, there is fire. a fire, yeah. right? Like it's, it's not a good thing. And then this is besides the fact that apparently, apparently the front office is like, well, if we can't get rid of these bad contracts, we'll consider buyouts. Well, the Vancouver Canucks, and I honestly haven't done the whole, you know, buyout game in a, in a while. So it's possible that they might have uh, uh, some contracts here that may make sense uh, for, for, for buyout potential. Uh, there's some of the, you know, bad ones here, but. But yeah, I mean, they're already 2,500 in the hole with buyouts this year. Yeah, like, I mean. You know, here, I'm going to look at like an OEL. I mean, not to suggest that they go and they, they buy out someone like like OEL, but let's say hypothetically they were to go and, you know, try to do something like that. Let's see what cap friendly goes and gives me. Uh, and of course, it's not loading for me now while we're live. That's cool. But the problem is, does the buyout actually get you the room like it's, I don't care. I mean, it's ownership money. They can spend it however they see fit. Um, but if the buyout of the contract doesn't get you the sufficient amount of room that you need, what's the appetite of ownership wanting to just throw money away in that regard? I mean, they've yeah, already been throwing I mean, it away. But yeah, we've kind of seen that it's limited in the past. Um, and looking at the LTIR, even like. You can say two of those contracts are unlikely to ever move off the LTIR. Um, I hate to write Tucker Pullman off, but it's not looking good for him. But Travis Dummett, he's coming back. Like, he's more than likely coming back. We don't know that for sure, but like, because head injuries, but more than likely coming back. So it's just like another squeeze Yeah. that occurs, right? Mm-hmm. Without too much, you know, showing up on the ice. Man, it's just, it's a tough thing to, to see year in, year out. Yeah, I just think it's a shame for the fan base that someone like Bo is leaving town and you can't blame him for rejecting the offers that he has rejected. Oh no! I mean, he, he like he should get paid, right? Like that's the thing. I think everyone agrees, whether agree you agree that he gets paid what he wants, he'll get paid if he if if he hits UFA. Bo Horvat gets money, especially next season where the cap is like going to increase, yeah, a bit. Uh, teams who may not have had a lot of money will have some money, and some teams who have okay money will have even better money. And the scary part here is there are actually some teams there that are currently going to be in a really good place financially who are also in a far better position than the Vancouver Canucks are today. And if you're Bo Horvat, here's your chance to go and actually play for a team. Like, what was it? Horvat's been in the playoffs twice? Yeah, that's mad. Right? Like, you know, he got a taste, he got the bubble, and that was that. I will... <sighs> I think this will just, it's my final thought on Bo, and this will sum it up. 
you know, two of the best players that the city has ever seen, the league has ever seen, left Vancouver, retired without a cup. They hired, like handed the torch to Bo Horvat and said, you know, like win a cup for this team. Like, who knows what's going to happen? I'm not sad because he's leaving. It's the fashion he's leaving in. You know, it's not like, hey, like, Bo played a few good years, but then we traded him. Started a rebuild. We're in a better place right now. It's more the fact that instead of, like, waiting and seeing, instead of trading an aging player with a ton of value they re-signed him too difficult to fit Bo in and if Bo leaves and then Petey leaves in two years time and I mean we already talked about um, that uh, Kuzmenko could very well be long long gone I mean I'm sorry the Vancouver Canucks need to back up the if they're going to lose Bo and they're trading Brock I hope it's because they're backing up the the truck to give Kuzmenko a a hearty raise like he is not a restricted free agent he is an unrestricted free agent after this season could you imagine next like yeah if that's the case no Bo no Brock no Kuzmenko like that to me is a good indication to blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. Not, oh, we're just going to retool. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Anyhow. Um, yeah. It's been a show. It's been a couple of it's weeks since we show. were here. We'll hopefully be back again next week. I was actually looking at the calendar here. Um, we'll be back again, hopefully, next week. But then the following week we'll be off because it's the holidays Boxing day yeah so we won't be after next week we'll be back in a year well just we'll insert be back next new year. yeah yeah or next is appropriate yeah um but the before we go we have a contest we have a contest or i guess a giveaway yeah we teased this at the start but Yes, we have a contest. We have a giveaway. Um, Loyal Seafoam fans, as we know you all are, you will have listened to a recent episode where we interviewed former Canuck Aaron Volpatti, and he talked about his book, Mm -hmm. um, which is called Fighter. And I think you can all agree that his story is fascinating. So we wanted to share that story and the even more with our listeners and give away a copy of the book. So how, first of all, does one enter this giveaway, Anna? First of all, um, there is a question. Ooh. It's a knowledge question. It shouldn't be too difficult. Um, I, it's not it's gonna probably be one- something you can't easily Google. No, you have to know where to look, but I think most you know, fans will know where to look. Um, but yeah, it is. Um, the question is, Aaron had two fights in his first NHL season, which is 2010. Name either opponent. So, so either opponent you, of those two fights. Okay, so there, there are two possibilities that 
if you were to tell us one of gets yeah, you in that gets you in the, the mix yeah. um now what do you do with that name once you have it do not shout into the abyss you can do that but you must also email it to the c4 podcast at gmail.com um please use your name your address and yeah that's about it and you will get thrown as long as your answer is correct into the mix and we will be drawing a winner um will we draw it next week on the podcast yeah maybe we'll draw it next week so that's that's one week that's not a lot of time there's not a lot of turnaround here to to enter i guess it's really only six days because you'll hear it on tuesday and we'll be drawing monday so yeah um as soon as you hear this get those typing fingers out we should probably set a time on Monday. So why don't we say, yeah. let's say 6 p.m. Pacific yeah. on a Monday, uh, December 19th. Yeah, 6 p.m. Pacific. So anyone can enter. Um, yeah, anyone around the world can enter. We are not being stingy with that so yeah and and we'll we'll we'll, we'll be shipping you the book so yeah that's why we need your address is we need to send (laughs) we won't be turning up at your address but we will be shipping and um yeah yeah, so it's pretty cool so again the question is aaron had two fights in his first nhl season that happened to be in 2010 name either opponent and naming that opponent email us at the c4 podcast at gmail.com don't shout it into the abysses Anna had said don't shout it out in discord because guess what you're doing you're giving everyone else the answer and you're influencing their ability to enter this when you might have been the one person it could maybe you are only the one only one to get it right because we're only entering correct answers into the exactly and we'll stick you in a random number generator see who gets spit out but yeah um you will have yourself a copy of Aaron's book and just so you know it is not the one that says my name in it so you know oh (laughs) no (laughs) because I'm not sure how valuable that would be to other people having my name in it so um yes brand new copy very exciting yeah let us know the answer and you could be in with a chance of winning and it's a good book um obviously uh, we've been talking about it quite a bit it is a good book. I have just started reading it myself. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump on your idea of us having like a C4 book club in the in the new year. I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I have a bunch of hockey books that I could recommend too. So. So here we are at the end of a show. Uh, yeah. Any final words of wisdom, Anna? Um, I don't know. Um. I feel like I'm going to steal your one by saying, have good loved ones, hug your co-host, um, send all your love to Chris, as I know you will. Because, um, yeah, just little messages of support are nice to get. So please well, send them through. It's nice of you to, to, to ask that. You did steal what I was going to use, kind of. But you, no one has to send me their love. Just take that and redirect it to those that need it more. I mean, that's everyone. Like I, I'm to use the words of Todd Bertuzzi. It is what it is, 
but I am approaching it as more than that. So, I mean, it's, it's just a situation that I would rather not have to be in, but we're in it. And so I'm going to do the best that uh, I can and, you know, enjoy the moments that we have left. Um, bye, Echo Anna. Give your, your loved ones a, a, a big hug. Um, if you have a podcast, your co-hosts too. It's hard to do that virtually, obviously. Uh, but we will be back next week. And, uh, and again, maybe the Vancouver Canucks will have a parade route planned once more. Um, we didn't even touch on the fact that allegedly the Vancouver Canucks were practicing lifting the Vancouver Canuck. Or the oh, Vancouver God. Stanley Cup. Um, and Chara I guess- used the bulletin board material. And, like, I'm sorry. that The story itself is so absurd. I honest yeah. to goodness. They're actually, probably given it the right amount of airtime, to be honest. I wonder if there's truth to the Bruins, like someone suggesting that that was the case. But really what it was, was like a Canuck out on the bench, like stretching or something like that. Like with their like, you know, headphones on, like trying to get into like that, you know, mental state. And then like, you know, some host in the rink talked to the, you know, guy down at the concession who talked to someone and, you know, plant and maintenance and that got to the drug. Like the story is absurd. It's absurd. Like, if you've given it more than two seconds thought, you can just see it's absurd. It was honestly making me laugh so much, like how NHL insiders are like, I've spoken to Kevin Bieksa. Like, this isn't true. It's like, I haven't spoken to him, but I knew it wasn't true. <laughs> like, it's laughable. Oh, God. And like, and, and like, you know, as Juice had said, like, if that had happened, like, the, the room would have ended the person. Like, that yeah. would not he, have been tolerated. Like, would not have gotten away with it. Like, yeah, Bieksa like, said it best. So if you really want to hear more about it, look up the clip yeah. of Bieksa looking great in a green suit, because who can pull that off from Kevin Bieksa? Shutting it yeah. down. The um, the thing I just want to add to that, considering how superstitious hockey players are. Yeah. Like, exactly. It just wouldn't happen. No, no, like... I mean, next thing you're going to tell me that, uh, you know, the entire dressing was asking Lou if he was going to shut, get another shutout after getting three in the, you know, against the Bruins. Can you get a fourth one? Like, they're not saying shutout ever. Yeah. Completely. Hogwash. Anyhow. If you have opinions, thoughts, all that stuff, uh, obviously you can reach out to us. We're on all the socials at the C4 podcast. You want to join C4 discord. It's discord.io slash C4 podcast where all the phenomenal conversation takes place in gate 16. Uh, things have slowed down as of late because I think just the general feeling with the Vancouver Canucks fan base is kind of blah, but it would be cool to, to uh, be uh, chatting about uh, anything and everything. Um, Some good discussion you know. today about Bo. There was, so. I think the resignation of like, yeah, so the world's, you know, coming to an end in this sphere, and you know how do we feel about that but uh yeah c4 discord discord slash c4 podcast you can find our entire catalog at c4podcast.com and if you can't it's probably because i broke something again but that's what happens when you let me do stuff but on behalf of anna a4 size 03 myself chris and light force signing off this episode of the c4 connects hockey podcast brought to you by the full press coverage network and connects hockey blog.com with we out